Good morning, friends. Today is Monday, the 22nd of June, 2020. Today we commemorate St. Alban. Our readings are Psalms 89, 1-18, through 18, Numbers 16, 1-19, through 19, Romans 3, 21-31, and the Gospel of Matthew 19, 13-22. This on St. Alban is from an Episcopal Dictionary of the Church, a user-friendly reference for Episcopalians, edited by Don S. Armentrout and Robert Boak Slocum. St. Alban is the first Christian martyr of Britain. The little known about him is from the Venerable Bede. Bede's story places Alban's martyrdom during the persecution of Diocletus, but some scholars suggest that it may have occurred during the persecution of Decius or of Septimus Severus. Bede writes that Alban was a soldier in the Roman army stationed at Ferrarium, a Roman city northeast of London. It is now called St. Alban's. Alban gave shelter to a priest, traditionally known as Amphilius, who was being persecuted. Alban was con- converted by the priest and baptized. Alban clothed himself in the priest's clothing, allowing the priest to escape when soldiers came to search the house. Alban was killed in place of the priest. His life is commemorated in the Episcopal calendar of the church year on June 22nd. Of course, um, I always think of St. Alban and think of the fictional church, um, although perhaps it's based on an actual church, I don't know, in the Russ Van Alstyne, Claire Ferguson <laughs> mystery series by Julia Spencer Fleming, but that is neither here nor there this morning. So today we commemorate St. Alban. God is spirit and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us, forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.
the Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise to God a shout with psalms. For you are a great God, you are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before God our Maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture, and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. The Holy One is in our midst. O oh, come, let us worship. Psalm 89, verses 1 through 18. I will sing of your steadfast love, O God, forever. With my mouth I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations. I declare that your steadfast love is established forever. Your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to my servant David. I will establish your descendants forever and build your throne for all generations. Let the heavens praise your wonders, O God, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies can be compared to God? Who among the heavenly beings is like God? a God feared in the council of the holy ones, great and awesome above all that are around them. O God of hosts, who is as mighty as you, O God? Your faithfulness surrounds you. You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. You crushed Rahab like a carcass. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world and all that is in it, you have founded them. The north and the south, you created them. Tabor and Hermon, joyously praise your name. You have a mighty arm, strong as your hand, high your right hand. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. Happy are the people who know the festal shout, who walk, O God, in the light of your countenance. They exult in your name all day long and extol your righteousness, for you are the glory of their strength. By your favor our horn is exalted, for our shield belongs to God, our ruler to the Holy One of Israel. Praise to the Holy and Undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Numbers, chapter 16, verses 1 through 19. Now Korah, son of Izhar, son of Kohath, son of Levi, along with Dathan and Abiram, sons of Eliab, and On, son of Peleth, descendants of Reuben, took 250 Israelite men, leaders of the congregation, chosen from the assembly, well-known men, and they confronted Moses. They assembled against Moses and against Aaron, and said to them, You have gone too far. All the congregation are holy, every one of them, and God is among them. So why then do you exalt yourselves over the, above the assembly of God? When Moses heard it, he fell on his face. Then he said to Korah and all his company, In the morning God will make known who is God's, and who is holy, and who will be allowed to approach God. 
The one whom God will choose, God will allow to approach God. Do this. Take censers, Korah and all your company, and tomorrow put fire in them, and lay incense on them before God. And the person whom God chooses shall be the Holy One. You Levites have gone too far. Then Moses said to Korah, Hear now, you Levites. Is it too little for you that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to allow you to approach God in order to perform the duties of God's tabernacle and to stand before the congregation and serve them? God has allowed you to approach God and all your brother Levites with you, yet you seek the priesthood as well. Therefore you and all your company have gathered together against God. What is Aaron that you rail against him? Moses sent for Dathan and Abiram, sons of Eliab, but they said, We will not come. Is it too little that you have brought us up out of a land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness, that you must also lord it over us? It is clear that you have not brought us into a land flowing with milk and honey or given us an inheritance of fields and vineyards. Would you put out the eyes of these men? We will not come. Moses was very angry and said to God, Pay no attention to their offering. I have not taken one donkey from them, and I have not harmed any one of them. And Moses said to Korah, As for you and all your company, be present tomorrow before God, you and they and Aaron, and let each one of you take his censer and put incense on it, and each one of you present their censer before God. 250 censers, you also and Aaron, each their censer. So each man, so each person took their censer and they put fire in the censers and laid incense on them. And they stood at the entrance of the tent of meeting with Moses and Aaron. Then Korah assembled the whole congregation against them at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And the glory of God appeared to the whole congregation. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle C, the Song of Hannah. My heart exalts in you, O God. My triumph song is lifted in you. My mouth derides my enemies, for I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like you, nor any rock to be compared to you, our God. Do not heap up prideful words or speak in arrogance. Only God is knowing and weighs all actions. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the weak are clothed in strength. Those once full now labor for bread. Those who hungered now are well fed. The childless woman has borne sevenfold, while the mother of many is forlorn. God destroys and brings to life, casts down and raises up, gives wealth or takes it away, humbles and dignifies. God raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with the rulers and inherit a place of honor. For the pillars of the earth are God's, on which the whole earth is founded. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.
A reading from Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 31. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been disclosed and is attested by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are now justified by God's grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by Christ's blood effective through faith. God did this to show God's righteousness because in God's divine forbearance, God had passed over the sins previously committed. It was to prove at the present time that God himself is righteous and that God justifies the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what has become of boasting? It is excluded. By what law? By that of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that a person is justified by faith apart from works prescribed by the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is God not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also since God is one, and God will justify the circumcised on the ground of faith and the uncircumcised through that same faith. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle Q a song of Christ's goodness. Jesus, as a mother, you gather your people to you. You are gentle with us as a mother with her children. Often you weep over our sins and our pride. Tenderly you draw us from hatred and judgment. You comfort us in sorrow and bind up our wounds. In sickness you nurse us and with pure milk you feed us. Jesus, by your dying we are born to new life. By your anguish and labor we come forth in joy. Despair turns to hope through your sweet goodness. Through your gentleness we find comfort in fear. Your warmth gives life to the dead. Your touch makes sinners righteous. Lord Jesus, in your mercy, heal us. In your love and tenderness, remake us. In your compassion, bring grace and forgiveness. For the beauty of heaven, may your love prepare us. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity. One God as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 through 22. Then little children were being brought to Jesus in order that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples spoke sternly to those who brought them. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of heaven belongs. And he laid his hands on them and went on his way. Then someone came to him and said, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. 
The person said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. Also, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, I have kept all these. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you wish to be perfect, go. Sell your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this word, he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. Let us affirm our faith together. We are using as we have been the spoken affirmation of faith written by John Schimminger of St. John's Grace Episcopal Church, based on Ephesians 3, 14-17. We believe in God, the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit. She strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, the source of all being, the love incarnate, spirit of truth. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your dominion come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Will you suffrages set A on page 97 of the Book of Common Prayer? As usual, I'll read both the verse and the response, but please, on that second verse, speak in with me. Show us your mercy, O God, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O God, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. God, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O God, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. O God, make us have perpetual love and reverence for your holy name, for you never fail to help and govern those whom you have set upon the sure foundation of your loving kindness, through Jesus Christ our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. O God, Sovereign Eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, drive far from us all wrong desires 
Incline our hearts to keep your law and guide our feet into the way of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you as eternal life and to serve you as perfect freedom, defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through the might of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. I just have a few thoughts on the readings um, today. Firstly, I think we can identify with Psalm 89, which is described by my commentator as a plea that God will remain faithful to the covenant with David, written when the king was important to national life, the 10th through the 6th centuries BCE. The community petition asked God to honor the ancient promise to give victory to the Davidic king, for that promise has been called into question by an ignominious defeat. So I think we can take comfort in the fact that the ancient peoples too questioned and doubted and felt like things looked hopeless, you know, and now is a time, I was just talking with a friend of mine um, yesterday, now is a time when we, we, can, we do fear that we are moving backwards, the immense backlash against the progress that we've made for social justice and equality feels really severe. But I, I have faith like the ancients that what, what looks like tough going right now, to put it way too lightly, forgive me, um, God really can, God can redeem and God can, can work through, as we've been talking about, um, the very little that we have God can use and make miracles with. And I also believe that the evil forces and the people whom they act through are very much governed by fear and perceived scarcity. And when they feel that they're that their power, which is kind of a false power because it doesn't come from God, but when they feel that their power is being threatened, they're going to strike back evermore. I really think that some of what we're seeing is hopefully the death throes of the white patriarchy. And I know I've been saying that for a little while, and I still believe that it's true. And I think that that the tide is rising and the tsunami is going to come and the powers that be are going to be overthrown and we are going to build something new. And I know that's all really strong language and imagery, but I think it's really important for us to seize the momentum and to stand up and with faith act for love and justice. I'm trying to remember, I was listening to a Brene Brown podcast yesterday with Laverne, um, trying to remember Laverne's last name while I was working out. And what was it? 
that she said, justice is love acted out in public. I'm trying to remember. I think that was the quote from Laverne. And I think that, that justice, true justice, God's justice, the justice of, of equality and restitution is love, is public love, if that makes sense. I thought that was, I'm, I'm kind of hanging on to that. So we must hang on and hang on to God's promises and not dismay and keep acting, keep moving forward. What looks bleak right now, and I am in no way dismissing or minimizing the martyrdom of our beloved siblings. It's not, it's not going unnoticed. It's not for nothing by God, but we have to We have to move forward, keep moving forward, not lose our momentum, not give up, keep praying, keep working. For love and for God, which are really the same thing, right? Okay, All right, I spent more time on the psalm than, than I wanted to, but... I wanted to, um, what stood out to me today about our Hebrew scripture reading and our epistle reading together was this, um, where before we had designated intercessors, now we may approach God directly where before we had elaborate dedications, sacrifices, and rituals, now we have faith. We have always wanted to come directly to God. We see that in our reading from Numbers. And now, through Christ, we can. We do not have to come from a particular lineage or undergo particular rituals to be made holy we are made holy through faith. We are holy in Christ. We have the divine within us and we can access the divine directly. And this is huge. Now, you might, when you're reading the, se the section from Numbers, say, well, wait a second, this really wasn't about wanting to approach God directly, although I would argue that it partly was. Um, it was also about power and wanting to be empowered and yes, that's absolutely true, and there's absolutely a lesson for us in that squabbling over power instead of recognizing our equality in, in Christ and by Christ and through Christ and um, in the very essence of our created beings, we, um, <clears throat> we become distracted from the mission of love. We, we become divided, um, and we definitely need to be working for for integration for coming together as opposed to and I don't mean integration in in the terms of of racial integration I mean integration in the definition of the world about bringing things together um, we are intended to be an entire and and whole and loving and beloved community but um, 
So absolutely, and there is that lesson there. Also there, I think, is, is a nuance that no matter how we come before God, coming to God is the important thing. So even if, even if the way we get to God's presence isn't the best of intention, even if we're in the 12-step meeting because we have been court-ordered to do so, even if, as in our Old Testament example, we are in God's presence, not because we're more fully seeking to know God, but because what we're really reaching out for is, is the power of position or status. Nevertheless, we have come before God and in that space with God, God can heal. God can heal even the intent that brought us in the first place. It is the approach that's important. It's getting there. And so I think that's important for us to remember too. I think sometimes we are tempted to exclude our brothers and sisters because we judge their intent. This person only comes to church on certain holidays. They're not really coming because they're seeking to worship God and be in community. They're just, you know, whatever, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. What matters is that we're there together. It's not for us to judge. It's for us to welcome. And as we've talked about so many times, our work is to remove whatever it is that blocks the free flow of God's love in and through us. And that kind of brings me to our gospel reading today, where... <clears throat> Jesus wants the children to be there. And Jesus tells the rich young man that he must give up his riches if he wants to be perfect. So first of all, I find it amazing that the rich young man is following all the commandments. Because if we really follow back to intent, but in a different way, the intent to follow the commandments, I mean, that is pretty impossible. But using this parable, Jesus is telling us that we must give up to God whatever it is that is standing in the way of our relationship with God. As I said a moment ago, whatever is blocking the flow. And in this case, for the rich young man, he was very attached to his wealth. He went away grieving Whatever it is that we hold on to so tightly that we cannot receive becomes a blockage. And sometimes it can be a good thing, but because we have made of it an idol, we are, are crowding the space so that God's love can't get through. 
sometimes we hold on out of fear um, and sometimes it's like a perversion of love. I think of, I had a long talk with another friend over the weekend, so I'm sorry that I haven't recorded. I've been saying morning prayer, but I have not been able to complete and get the recordings up over the last few days. Um, nevertheless, I've been praying and praying for you all. I hope you know that. But I was having a conversation with a friend the other day about how we've in American culture, we've made an idol of the nuclear family. And then within that, a particular idol of the American man, the head of the household, the toxic masculine man, etc., etc. I won't go down that rabbit hole, but God's love has a hard time reaching us through our idols. We must give them up to God, and then we have space to receive God's love and, and to be opened to a new plan, to a different way of life. I think I've mentioned before that I, I held on so tightly to these messages about what I was supposed to be, what my family was supposed to look like, that I made a lot of mistakes and I missed out on a lot of joy. Now, as I've said before, we're all at any given moment doing the very best we can. So I'm not going to sit here and beat myself up about that. But what I am going to do is implore you, my friends, <clears throat> and myself to learn my lesson. And to, when we feel blocked, when we feel like we can't feel God, to, with God's help, examine what in our lives is blocking the flow <clears throat> and with God's help to relinquish it and by relinquishing I don't mean like casting aside and you know hating and judging or you know oh, what all wealth is evil we must you know I, I don't think that's the answer either. It's this gentle, my spiritual director taught me this, it's this gentle giving up. We, we place whatever it is that we've so, so clung to, so been afraid of losing, we place it ever so gently in God's hands with reverence for God and trust in God. We must even do this with our children, with the, all of the hopes and dreams we have for them, the wanting them to do better and be better than we were. All of that we must also give to God. And when, when we continually clear the space for God, we draw ever closer to God. And right now, it is really important to make that space for God. It's really important to do the, to use a Glennon Doyle word, the brutal work of life, of 
of clearing ourselves out so that we can be clear conduits of God. That's really important right now because it's really easy to get caught up in having the right intent, desiring the right thing, and becoming so focused on it, clenched so tightly around those goals that we become kind of seized up. So let's take a moment to root ourselves firmly in God's love. To ask God to gently and with love show us anything that we need to relinquish our grip on. Anything that we need to lay before God, to give up, to entrust to God. And may we go forward in and through God's love. Amen. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time, with one accord, to make our common supplication to you, and you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.